Shalom and welcome to TanakhStudy.com. This is Gad Dishi coming to you from Alon Shavut, the Tanakh capital of the world. We are beginning Parashat Vayishlach. We're in Perik Lamed Bet, Pasuk Gimel or Pasuk Dalet. I'll be following the Koran layout of the Pasukim, so we'll be referring to the first Pasuk of Vayishlach as Pasuk Gimel. And uh, following throughout, the citation of Pasukim will follow that order. In the Fishbane Jacob cycle, we're in C prime. We're having everything come together. We have a planned deception. Uh, Fishbane alludes to the gifts that are about to be offered by Yaakov to Esav for appeasement as some type of deception, but we will be suggesting something far more elaborate later on. Uh, there is a fear of Esav. Yaakov thinks he might be killed here. He prays to God. There's a bracha or a gift being returned to Esav and a return to the land. And all of this parallels the earlier episodes where we had a deception there of Yitzchak, where he presented Rivka as his sister. We had the bracha being stolen in Perich Zayin, which here is being returned. And we had a fear of Esav that he would kill Yaakov, which was a similar fear after the uh, taking of the brachot. And finally, a flight from the land, uh, which is to be balanced out with the return to the land. The breakdown of the psukim we'll be looking at today is as follows, Tzuchim Gimel through Vav, Yaakov sends messengers to greet Esav and they return with information. Tzuchim Zayin and Het, Yaakov splits the camp into two. Uh, Chazar recognized this as preparation for war. Tzuchim Tet Yudbet, Yaakov prays to Hashem to save him and his family from Esav, that's Yaakov's Tefillah. And Tzuchim Yud Gimel to Chaf Aleph, Yaakov sends three separate gift convoys to Esav, which is the Doron. Tzuchim Chaf Bet and Chaf Gimel relates how Yaakov crosses his family across the Yabok. Tzuchim Chaf Dalet Talamid is Yaakov's wrestling with the mysterious man. Beginning of Parashat Vayishlach. Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim Lefanav El Esav Achiv Arza Seir Sede Edom. And Yaakov sent messengers and or angels before him to his brother Esav towards the land of Seir, the Sede Edom. Already here, as we were about to see throughout this uh, episode, we have a lot of questions that don't get any answers. Uh, is Yaakov sending the messengers to Seir because Yaakov is also planning to go to Seir to meet up with Esav? Uh, how did Yaakov know that Esav was in Seir? The last time he left Esav, he was in Hebron. From later uh, statements that Yaakov is explaining his whereabouts all this time, it seems that he had no communication with Esav throughout the period that they were uh, not seeing each other. The uh, angels are these angels or messengers, the Malachim. Uh, we read about divine angels at the very end of uh, the Parashat Vayetzeh, and are those the same ones that he's using here for his uh, mission, or is he using human messengers that the text is now calling Malachim? Uh, what is Yaakov's plan at this point? Uh, we'll try to see if we can decipher anything, perhaps from the message that he wants to send Esav, Pasuk Dalet. Vaitzav otam lemor, ko tomerun, ladoni leesav, ko amar avdecha Yaakov, im lavan garti vaihar adata, vahili tzon vahamor, tzon veevet veshifha, vaishteha lehagid ladoni, limsohen beinecha. And he commanded them saying, So shall you say. To my Lord Esav, thus says your servant Yaakov, With Lavan I have lived, and I was tar- I tarried until now, and I have acquired ox and donkeys and sheep and male and female slaves, and I send ahead to tell my Lord to find favor in your eyes. So we have two facts and two attitudinal descriptions. Uh, the facts are that he overstayed his time at Lavan, some type of lateness, va'echar, meaning he feels he should have left earlier. 
secondly, he has animals and slaves. Uh, the two attitudinal descriptions are, one, Esav is his master, and he is the servant. And secondly, he's sending messengers in order to find favor in Esav's eyes, which uh, throughout Tanakh, finding favor implies some type of a request about to be made. Uh, we'll see what request is being made of Esav later. So in terms of helping to decipher a plan, not very helpful, at least not yet. Uh, what is Esav supposed to understand from this message? He should come, he shouldn't come. What does Yaakov want? Is he just saying hi? Esav must be wondering, why is Yaakov contacting me? It's very nice. So he was in Lavan's house and now he is what? What was he doing? So already we see in the attitudinal uh, things that Yaakov is reversing the blessings. First of all, let's remember what Yitzchak blessed him with. The first thing was agricultural success. And Yaakov does not own any land, and he only has animals, he has no produce, so that part of the bracha did not come true. Uh, we already saw numerous times where Yaakov was being punished for having taken the brachot, uh, especially with the conjugal switch. And now Yaakov completes the reversal uh, that for Yitzchak had said, that he should be uh, sovereign over his brothers. And here, he's giving Esav the title of Adoni, of my master, and he's the Evid, he's the servant. Uh, later, we'll also see that Yaakov indeed bows to Esav, which is, again, the opposite of the bracha that Yitzchak had given. So none of what uh, Yitzchak blessed him with comes true. And Yaakov is showing Esav by saying that he has animals and not produce, that he's basically giving Esav the title and there's no need to stay angry about his having taken the blessings because none of them came true at all. Esav may also hear that Yaakov is hinting that he has all these slaves and animals and is asking to find favor because Yaakov wants Esav to help him, maybe protect him, to accompany him back home. Uh, that might make sense based on what Esav actually does later on. Uh, finally, in regards to the messengers, uh, perhaps the divine angels at the end of Parashat Vayetzeh are the uh, ones who told Yaakov about Esav's whereabouts, or perhaps they had some other information or another mission relating to Esav, and maybe that's why God sends them. It seems that they are part of the team protecting Yaakov, which is part of God fulfilling his promise to Yaakov of Vehine Anochi Imach, uh, when he was by the ladder and again before he left Lavan's home. So God is coming through on his promise by sending these divine messengers and perhaps they are helping guide Yaakov in his uh, maneuvers with Esav. Pasuk Vav Vayashuvu hamalachim el Yaakov lemor Banu elachicha el Esav Vigam holech lekratecha Vearba meot ishimo And the messengers returned to Yaakov saying We came unto your brother to Esav and he is also coming towards you with 400 men with him. Now, we don't know whether or not the message that he gave the messengers actually reached Esav, or that the messengers just saw Esav in the direction, uh, coming towards Yaakov's direction with the 400 men and decided that that's enough information, and he should, they should just turn around and come back and tell Yaakov. Esav is coming with 400 men, uh, was that what he was already doing when the messengers came, or is that a reaction to the message? Uh, 400 men, time David is fighting Siklag in uh, Sefer Shemuel, we see that that's a regiment of 400, it's a noted, noted unit of military force, and even if it is a military force, uh, and not a royal honor guard and entourage that Esau put together 
to meet up with his brother Yaakov that he hasn't seen in so long. Uh, even if it's a fighting force, are they coming to fight against Yaakov and kill him, or are they part of this team to help protect Yaakov and help bring him home? We don't really know any of these answers. Not just we don't know the answers, but Yaakov also doesn't know the answers. Pasuk Zayin, Vayira Yaakov me'od, Vayetzelo, Vayachatz et ha'am asher ito, Vayet ha'tzon, Vayet ha'bakar, Vayagemalim, Lishnei machanot, Vayomer, Im yavo esa, Vayamachane ha'achat, Vayikahu, Vayamachane ha'nishar, Lifleta. And Yaakov was very fearful and distressed, and he split the people that were with him and all of the flocks and the and the cattle and all of the camels to two camps. And he said, if Esav would, co- would come upon the one camp and he will smite it and, and the remaining camp will escape. So Yaakov splits up the camp. The people, meaning the family, are staying together with him. And as Barbanel points out, we see that when he crosses over the Abok later, he's together with all of his family. And that means that the camp that he's splitting is all of the wealth, including the servants. However, this doesn't really make any sense. How does he know the second camp will be saved? Why won't Esav destroy the second camp as well? And what good will it be if Esav destroys the one camp that has Yaakov and all his family in it? What good would the wealth-only second camp be to Yaakov if he and his family are killed? The text makes it sound like there's no difference between the camps. It doesn't seem to be making much sense. Chazal identified this as a preparation for battle, but we don't see any battle preparation here. This is a tactic of dividing a camp. It looks like it's a military move, but as we see, we don't really understand what the tactic is because it is not to diversify risk and minimize casualties because he leaves all the family together with him. Again, questions without answers at this point. Sukim tet through yud bet Yaakov's tefillah. Vayomer Yaakov Elohe avi Abraham Elohe avi Yitzchak Adonai haomer elai shuv leartzecha ulmoratetcha veetiva imach katonti mikol hasadim mikol haemet asherasita et abdecha ki bemakli avarti et hayerden azeh veata haiti lishne machanot hatzileni na miyad achi miyad esav ki yare anochi oto pen yavo vehikani em al banim veata amarta and Yaakov said, The Lord of my father Abraham and the Lord of my father Yitzchak, God who had said to me, Return to your land and your birthplace and I will deal with you favorably. I have been dwarfed by all of the kindness and by all of the loyalty that you have done with your servant. For with my stick I crossed this Jordan and now I have become two camps. Please save me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esav. Because I am afraid of him, that he might come and strike me, mother with sons. And you said, I will surely deal favorably with you, and I will set your seed like the sand by the sea, so plentiful that they cannot be counted. So we have Yaakov's tefillah. He's very scared from the fallout of usurping the blessings. Rivka had never called him. Maybe she stopped uh, caring about him, or maybe Esav never got over it. He has no idea what's going on back at home. Yaakov makes reference to the hands of Esav, Again, retribution for his impersonating Esav's hands. Right? It says in this pasuk, miyad achi miyad Esav. And we had vehayadayim yade Esav at the time of taking the brachot. Yaakov recognizes that he has been blessed with ufaratsta, of expanding his encampment. He started literally as a man with a stick. 
כי במקלי עברתי את הירדן הזה, he's the stick figure, and now he has become two camps, and his plea that he asks Hashem is also family-centered. פן יבוא והיכני אם על בנים, יעקב is concerned not only with his own personal welfare, but with the welfare of his wives and children. פסוק י"ג ויאלן שם בלילה ההוא, ויקח מן הבא בידו מנחה לעשיו אחיו, עזים מאתיים, ותישים עשרים, רחלים מאתיים ואלים עשרים, גמלים מניקות ובניהם שלושים, פרות ארבעים, ופרים עשרה, אתונות עשרים, ואיירים עשרה, ויתן ביד עבדיו עדר עדר לבדו. ויאמר אל עבדיו עברו לפניי, ורווח תשימו בין עדר ובין עדר. ויצב את הראשון לאמור. כי יפגשך עשיו אחי ושלחה לאמור למי אתה ואנה תלך ומי אלה לפניך ואמרתה לעבדך ליעקב מנחה היא שלוחה לאדוני לעשיו והנה גם הוא אחרינו. ויצב גם את השני גם את השלישי גם את כל ההולכים אחרי העדרים לאמור כדבר הזה תדברון אל עשיו במוצאכם אותו. ואמרתם גם הנה עבדך יעקב אחרינו. כי אמר אכפרה פניו במנחה ההולכת לפניי ואחרי כן אראה פניו, אולי יישא פניי. ותעבור המנחה על פניו, והולן בלילה ההוא במחנה. And he passed the same night there, and he took from what he had in hand a tribute to Esav his brother. 200 female goats and 20 male goats. 200 sheep and 20 rams. 30 milking with their young. 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. And he put them in the hands of his servants. each heard by itself, and he said to his servants, Pass on before me, and put distance between one herd and the next. And he commanded the first one, saying, When Esau, my brother, meets you and asks you, saying, Whose man are you, and where are you going, and whose are these herds before you? You should say, They are your servant Yaakov's, a tribute sent to my lord Esau. And look, he is actually behind us. And he charged the second one as well, and also the third, indeed, all those who went after the herd, saying, In this fashion you shall speak to Esau when you find him. And you shall say, Look, your servant Yaakov is actually behind us. For he thought, Let me placate him with the tribute that goes before me, and after I shall look on his face, perhaps he will show me a kindly face. And the tribute passed on before him, And he spent that night in the camp. So Yaakov tries to fall asleep, but he can't. He gets up and arranges a gift offering, which is here referred to as a mincha. Lots of animals with lots of space. In my book, you can read about the theme of space and the way Yaakov and Esav interact. The message is that they are a gift offering, and Yaakov keeps saying that he is after them. He's following them. Yaakov is still taken up with the brachot episode. He says as much, Ki amar achapera fanav, He's looking for a kapara, for an atonement for what he has done. It's a machloket, perhaps, of if this is Yaakov's thinking or part of what the messengers are to tell Esav, this particular piece of the pasuk, chaf, all the way at the end, is this part of what the messengers are to say or is this part of what Yaakov's thinking was that he's looking to have atonement? Is Esav supposed to hear the words because he is seeking atonement is a question. The whole parasha so far has been full of questions and unknowns because the upcoming meeting is full of unknowns and the reader is kept in as, as much suspense and terror as Yaakov is. Uh, the message that Yaakov gives to the messengers about being behind and following are to be told over at least three times. We have three different envoys, convoys each time. There's a new group that is going to explain to Esav that this is a gift offering from his servant Yaakov and Yaakov is following them.
פסוקים כ"א through כ"ג, פסוק כ"ב, כ"ג. ויקום בלילה הוא, ויקח את שתי נשיו, את שתי שפחותיו, ואת אחד עשר ילדיו, ויעבור את מעבר יבוק. ויקחם, ויעבירם את הנחל, ויעבר את השלו. And he rose that night, and he took his two wives, and his two maidservants, and his eleven children, and he crossed over the Yabok crossing. And he took them, and he crossed them over the river, and he crossed he, over all that belongs to him. So Yaakov goes to sleep again, second time for that night. Uh, but again he can't sleep, again he wakes up, and this time he takes the women, the maids, and the eleven children, and crosses the Yabok. Now the Yabok is perpendicular to the Jordan River. It goes west-east, and the Jordan goes north-south. The text does not give us any indication of what Yaakov's incentive is for doing this, and why he thinks this is helpful. But we get in Pasuk Chafdalet, V'yivater Yaakov levado, V'yavek ish imo, Ad alot ashacha, V'yar ki lo yacholo, V'yiga b'chaf yerecho, V'teka kaf yerech Yaakov, And Yaakov was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the break of dawn. And he saw that he had not won out against him, and he touched his hip socket. And Yaakov's hip socket was wrenched as he wrestled with him. So Yaakov is left alone, and a mysterious figure engages him in a wrestling match. But what is happening here? Who is the mysterious man? Why are they fighting? The more we read, the less we understand. The more we're getting confused. And that is exactly the feeling we're supposed to have because that's exactly how Yaakov is feeling. And if it wasn't bad enough, let's think a minute about what Yaakov just did. Esav is coming from Seir. Seir is located in the southeast, on the eastern side of the Dead Sea. In my book, there's a nice colorful map describing all of this. I'm going to try my best to describe it on the audio. So Esav is coming from the southeast. And Yaakov is coming from the mountains of the Gilad, which is the northeast. That's where he made the pact with Lavan. And now he's walking towards, he's traveling towards Esav, and he gets to the Yabok. Again, the Yabok is, travel, is, is a river that goes east-west. Now, if you cross the Yabok, that means you're going further, further south, which is straight into the, where Esav is coming from. So why is Yaakov risking a nighttime crossing, no, no less, of all his family straight into Esav's path? And then, why is Yaakov staying alone on the northern side of the Yabok, leaving the family camp to meet up with Esav alone? What, what, is, what is Yaakov waiting for on the northern side? He, he wasn't going anywhere. So if he was going to run away, he would have gone someplace, but he didn't. He was just staying there on the northern side, and then the mysterious man came. But if he's staying on the northern side and he's ready to confront Esav, why doesn't he join the family on the other side of the Yabok, where Esav is coming from? We will only get some answers tomorrow, so stay tuned. But first, some more confusion and some more questions. Pasuk Chafhei, the fight continues until dawn. The mysterious man injures Yaakov's leg, and he saw he could not prevail. Not clear who couldn't see, who saw and who didn't see. Uh, which, but this language of kilo yacholo, of not being able to prevail, reminds us of Rachel's proclamation of trying to prevail over Leah, right? Where she says, neftalti gam yacholti. I was also able to be prevailing over her. 
And so there might be some connections there. And finally, we get to Pasuk Chaf Vav. Vayomer shalecheni ki ala shahar. Vayomer lo ashalechacha ki imberachtani. Vayomer elav mashemecha. Vayomer Yaakov. Vayomer lo Yaakov yamer ochimcha. Ki im Yisrael. Ki sarita im Elohim vim anashim vatuchal. And he said, let me go. For dawn is breaking. And he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what's your name? And he said, Yaakov. And he said, Yaakov shall no longer be your name, and henceforth it shall be Yisrael, for you have striven with God and men and won out. So if before there was no winning out, there was no prevailing, now we have a declaration of a victor. And we have the idea that someone wants to leave because it's daybreak. In the Pasuk, the words, Ki Allah Shahar, is a question of who said such things. Is this part of the sentence of whoever is asking to be released? Or is it the narrator? Is it Shalaheni? And then Ki Allah Shahar is the text telling us why someone is saying Shalaheni. Or is someone saying Shalaheni Ki Allah Shahar? Suddenly because it's dawn, as if that is the reason why they need to be let go. So that's a question that remains open. The name change is now that Yaakov gets the balance of his birth report that was missing at the time in the beginning of Parashat Toledot. When he was born, the calling of his name was for holding on to the leg. And here Yaakov gets hurt in the leg and he needs to let go, which he was holding on to a leg of Esav. Now he needs to let go of the person in order to get blessed. And again, this idea of Yaakov trying to get blessed because he wants to be able to make amends for taking the brachot from Esav. Once he does that, then he will no longer be someone who holds on to heels, but he'll be his own person, and he can be straight. Uh, Yashar, standing on his own. He's also Sarita Imelohim. He can be an important and an officer, someone who does prevail, as opposed to when he did not prevail in getting out first from the, his mother's womb. Vayishal Yaakov, vayomer hagid anashemecha, vayomer lama zeh tishalishmi, vayvarech oto sham. Vayikra Yaakov shem hamakom peniel, the mysterious person doesn't get a name. He's asking, why do you ask me for my name? That seems to be some type of rhetorical question. Is it because it's not important? Why do you bother asking me? Or is it because you, Yaakov, know what my name is? Why are you bothering asking? And he blessed him there. Who blessed who? What was the blessing? Again, some more confusion. Yaakov names the place Peniel. Uh, Yaakov is naming places, which follows the model that Yitzchak has in naming places. Here, he states the reason for calling it Peniel, from the language of Panim El Panim, that face-to-face, with, this is what he asked Hashem for. He asked to be saved from the hands of Esav, and we have the same language of Vatin Natsel Nafshi, there he asked Hatzileni Na. The idea of being face-to-face in the entire understanding of this episode of a mysterious wrestler, the Rambam in the Morena Vuchim and the Ralbag say that this happened in a dream state of Yaakov uh, during the night. And it represents Yaakov's working through the struggle he has with himself over the blessings that he took from Esav. And if we recall the identical twin piece of the puzzle that Yaakov and Esav were, could be identical twins, seeing Esav's face face to face is really having Yaakov see himself or see a side of himself either that he may not like or that he wishes he could be, or perhaps he is now someone he has become. 
Uh, the main point being that now, Yaakov is now facing himself. He lets go of what he thinks defines him in order to discover his true self. Uh, in the coming section, we'll see how Yaakov meets up with Esav and what it is that Esav understands as Yaakov's request of him.